You're listening to The Bunker New York, live on RBMA Radio. Hello, you're listening to The Bunker New York on RBMA Radio. Uh, we're back from Detroit, and we have a very special guest show with guests from Hugo Ball in Chicago. It's a party at Smart Bar. We're starting the show off with Nathan Drew Larson's all-vinyl DJ set. She's already gotten started. And then Justin Long's going to do the second half, and we're going to do an interview at the end. And you can check these guys out at The Bunker at Good Room tomorrow. More on that in a bit. But right now we're going to get right back into the mix with Nathan. You're listening to The Bunker New York on RBMA Radio. Thank you. 
burning Senses breathing Conscience seething Shoulders shrugging Seekers shoving Seeking something Hello, you're listening to The Bunker New York on RBMA Radio. Nathan Drew Larson in the mix for the past 50 minutes. She really did an amazing job. And we're going to get right into the set from Justin Long before we interview the two of them at the end of the show here. And again, if you're in New York, you can catch them this Friday at Good Room at the Bunker alongside Mortz von Oswald, Patrick Russell, Mike Servito, and Derek Plazleko. So that should be quite the event. More about that later. We're here for another 70 minutes. You're listening to The Bunker New York on RBMA Radio. Cauldron of sorrow. Burning and bubbling. Boiling, boiling and
Hello, you're listening to The Bunker New York on RBMA Radio. We just got out of the mix with Justin Long. He's here with his one of his partners in crime in Hugo Ball, Nathan Drew Larson, who did the first half of the show. These guys were super amped to just play some music, so we let them do that. Um, so why don't we start by one of you telling us about Hugo Ball, what it is. We know it's a night at Smart Bar, world-famous Smart Bar in Chicago, uh, but I know you have a pretty strong uh, manifesto behind the party, so why don't you just tell our listeners who aren't aware about this? Well, um, basically, Hugo Ball started, um, Nathan and I used to, uh, we started record shopping a lot, and it actually started when um, we hung out one night, and it all goes back to this Krautrock record by Harmonia called Watusi, and Nathan played it for me, and at that time I wasn't aware of um, this type of music, and Nathan had just began exploration, so we started record shopping a lot together, actually based off of that. And Basically, we'd been we'd known each other in dance music for years, yeah. but we kind of bonded over this other music, and that was sort of the start of a much deeper friendship. Yeah, that and just this idea that dance music could go beyond like certain constraints and, um, you know, we'd sit around and play these records on Friday night hanging out. And then, you know, we had this like big vision of like, what would it be like to start bringing these sounds into the club um, context? And, you know, is this whole thing, oh, that could never happen, blah, 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 blah. And next thing you know, um, we were playing in my residency at Smart Bar and we noticed a change and a shift within the, um, the dynamic of the night. And uh, yeah, from there, we just kept pushing and then decided to basically make it a thing and that's pretty much how Hugo Ball was born. I mean at the same time Justin started going to art school and we were both very interested in surrealist concepts and we wanted to try to bring that into the night into the nightclub. Yeah it's already there but to do it explicitly. Um, Yeah and and we should mention of course Severon who was there with us from the beginning and couldn't be with us here today but was an integral part of that. So when was this exactly that you started having these sessions these sounds like home listening sessions that they led were, to yeah, yeah about four years ago five years well, ago Well, no i huh? i think it was like 2009 jay when we started because that's when i got divorced oh okay yeah, <laughs> so, so, yeah i have no concept of time excuse me <laughs> and um, then uh and then we just quietly had these conversations for years and then yeah in 2012 started we were experimenting at your night but that's when we decided to start something new what was the night before uh, Hugo Ball. You it, referred to your night a couple times. Did that did that have an official name, or is that just? Yeah, it was an event called Dot Bleep. It was, um, you know, something more towards. It was a different sound. I was in a different time in a different space, and then um, that was another thing: this, the the shift of music, and then also the shift of crowd. The more sense of warm community happening, and then interjecting these ideas of Dadaism and surrealism into the night, um, and then. Actually, what we decided to do was to, because the night was running for about 10 years, so we decided to just cheekily throw a funeral for the night and announce it as the funeral and not telling anyone what was coming next. And, uh, so we had the dot bleep funeral. We buried it, and then we, um, out of the fires, rose the, the, the phoenix of Hugo Ball. So are you both then residents at Smart Bar? Or, uh, yeah. yeah, the whole Hugo Ball crew is, but Justin's a senior resident of the club, and... and what is it, Jay? 14, 15 years? At least. Been I've been playing the club before I was like legally old enough to drink. 
you talk. Yeah, I, I was think sneaking in. That reminds me. It's really interesting. This residency thing that goes on at Smart Bar, where maybe you want to speak about this a little bit. They have. You mentioned you're a senior resident, but there's also these junior residents, which I think is a really cool concept. And I think Maria now has, I don't know what you call it, but like residencies from people outside of Chicago who come in a few times a year. Well, things have shifted a little bit. Jason Garden has taken over and um, at least the lead of some of the uh, booking management. And so I don't think the junior residency program is still happening, but we have the um, we have other nights coming in. No Way Back, Interdimensional Transmissions is doing a few times a year. Honey Sound System was coming in, doing a few events. Um, some very successful, interesting things happening. Absolutely. Okay, so no more junior residents. Um, well, speaking of interdimensional transmissions, I feel like that's something where our interests kind of intersect. A lot of the people who play at the bunker, some of our resident DJs and frequent guests like Carlos Souffrant and Mike Servito, and I believe have Brendan and Erica appeared at Hugo Ball? Yeah. Yeah. As Ectomorph Live. Okay, yeah, as Ectomorph cool. Live. And I believe, well, Patrick was just there, but that wasn't a. Patrick Russell was there, but it wasn't officially a Hugo Ball, but it he was, played with you? Yeah, like we, we do Hugo Ball four times a year currently. It just got to the point when we were doing it every month. It was like chasing the dragon, and we were unable to really like go into explore other avenues. So like our studio production time, all that was just not existent. And by doing less Hugo Balls, it's allowed us now agency to get back in the studio and make music. But we do do special events as well. So we just did the M- uh, Museum of Contemporary Art in Chicago where yeah. I played live and Severan and Justin DJed. And we set up an actual Hugo Ball room in the museum, oh, which cool. was very cool. And you've been doing some stuff outside of Chicago as well. I believe you mentioned, which kind of surprised me, that this gig tomorrow at the bunker is your first gig outside of Chicago together. Yeah, yeah. it is. This marks our first time playing together, interestingly. Wow. But you've you've been doing some gigs separately? Yeah, yeah. Where where have you guys been playing? Oh, uh, let's see. Recently, Detroit, um, not too long ago, did the Honey Sound System in San Francisco. It's yeah, I'm just here and there, kind of just keeping it moving. Uh, for me, I've been focusing the last two years really on my live show for Aris Drew, which is my my live project, my one woman bopping rockabilly synth pulse band. Okay, um, which, um, <laughs> which I had the honor of doing um, that show uh, at um, an interdimensional transmissions party recently. Right. But uh, for the most part, I've been um, playing that locally. Um, and, uh, but I'm, you know, I'm also going to be doing in training, which is like a queer party in Cleveland, uh, doing live show there in like a month. So, yeah, I remember seeing a photo. I can't remember if it's something you took or something Erica took of the sound check for the Aristru show in Detroit. And it looked pretty intense. It's a little amount. (laughs) Uh, do you want to speak about like what, well, it would probably take the rest of the interview for you to mention everything you brought for the live show, but you bring quite a bit of hardware oh, like a chroma polaris a, a moog voyager uh a, a, a moog sorry a moog uh, sub 37 um i mean all kinds of waldorf modules and weird you know weird pedals and then like amplifi- amplifiers that i've modified like guitar amps that i've okay so homemade stuff lot, yeah just weird lots of stuff <laughs> and i guess a lot has been made it's kind of the inevitable question about uh the fact that you guys are very insistent that all the live sets at the party are well it's 
no computers, or is it just that you want it to be all analog? Is there? Well, it is definitely it, doesn't have to be analog, but all hardware. So basically, it's a no laptop. No laptop, no computer. What if somebody brought a desktop? Mm, nope, <laughs> not happening. Uh, well, maybe if it was like a 1980 <laughs> no, Atari, maybe no. I mean, the, <laughs> the that rules in place not as a way to ex. It, it's not a substantive um, uh, judgment on people as much as we wanted to carve out a separate identity for our our event, right? And we wanted it to be special. And this is where our heart was. And we, you know, obviously, I believe very strongly in live performance, as does Justin. And we saw this, what seemed like a, and now is clearly was a bubbling movement towards machine music, right? So we thought this would be um, an. A, an interesting way to make a statement um and we've we've managed to stick to the rule now for years which is yeah, yeah. and it extends yeah. i guess maybe even more interestingly to the with djs all the djs play vinyl only at the party yes yeah that was a decision basically it's definitely not like a statement of superiority i mean yeah. vinyl is the medium we prefer that we enjoy the tactile kind of like the tactile feeling i mean that's a whole other conversation but um also, there's just this, I feel, an idea of timelessness and going back to the primordial state of DJing and the party. and um, Well, and getting back to surrealism, also a sacred object. Yeah, like the fetish object. So it's really based around ideals like that, mainly. And we've been playing vinyl records now for decades, so it's what we do. Are you record store people? Do you guys work in record stores? Justin used to. I used to. I used to work at Gramophone for years. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have a lot of friends who work there as well. Um, but I've noticed on the the podcast, you have some people who do podcasts who are not vinyl only. So is it um, that, I guess, why does it extend to the party but not the podcast? Is it a different thing because of the way it's transmitted digitally or why? No, we just wanted to open it up a little bit. We wanted to be a little less dogmatic with our podcast. Like, for example, we think Carl Meyer is one of the greatest DJs absolutely and he wouldn't be able to play our party under our rules but god damn if we don't want him to do a podcast for us right so. and and uh, Ken Meyer as well <laughs> yes right? so absolutely yes it's an okay. epic epic long mix the two of them yeah so that's that's one don't of my miss favorite Hugo Ball yeah. mixes for sure the brothers Meyer and there's no back to back <laughs> there's no way the Meyer brothers could ever play the party though it's just <laughs> We've had many conversations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, that's we, can can we do. break the rule? Can we break the rule? Yeah, we do. We do <laughs> talk about this. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you played uh, a track, a Pog track, Return to the Source, yes. I guess, which kind of speaks to this theme. And interestingly, uh, that's what BMG, to get back to the interdimensional transmissions things, called the mini festival, essentially, that IT put on at the Tangent Gallery during the Movement Festival this year which included the Trezor party and the No Way Back party and then the Bunker party on Monday. Well, that song is a, uh, a spiritual siren song. It's telling you to return to the mother beat. It's, it's right. hopefully exposing that in its tribal insanity. Right. Um, let's see, what else can we talk about? How about some, you talked about getting back into the studio. We've mentioned a few new, or you, we were talking about a few new music projects while you, you were DJing. Um, Justin, you mentioned that the two of you have a project together. Yeah, Nathan and I, we've been um, performing for the past couple years under the moniker The Theater of Cruelty, and um, we've done a few live shows, and we've just now started to record some material. Okay, where have you played the live shows? At the uh, at Hugo Ball. Okay. Twice, at the Smart Bar. 
And um, you also have, uh, let's talk about Circling Vultures, which is, is that out now? Is it officially? Yeah, the Circling Vultures is uh, my friend Ken Zawacki, of, uh, who's also part of the Darren Barks um, production team. And uh, yeah, the, the record just came out two weeks ago on Lies. Okay, well, congrats on that. That's Thank you. A, that's a pretty big deal. And I think we're going to hear a track from that a little later to finish off the show, right? Oh, we didn't. Yeah, I'll, that. I'll uh, pull out the uh, the birth of tragedy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll cue it up. It's a nice way to end the show. Yeah. <laughs> well, we still have a couple minutes. Um, what? Why don't you tell us what we're listening to uh, right now? What is this? We are listening to um, Tony Conrad and Faust. Uh, it's a record that Justin and I bonded over early on um it's something i picked up out in san francisco um it's a very unusual recording uh tony conrad happened to work with faust over i don't know if it was a few days or a few weeks but it was an isolated time uh the recording didn't do much in its day but table of elements re-released it um as you've been hearing in the background it is a you know an extended piece that explores just intonation which is what the entire that entire group was interested in uh it's it's a um 30 what is it 33 minutes long or something jay it's extremely long and we've definitely played it and then played it on repeat for hours throughout the night at times like it's it's a meditation like we sit there and listen to the entire thing yeah i I often draw and paint to this uh number it's it's special for us now are you guys actually playing tracks like this at hugo ball at the night and yeah are you trying to incorporate it more into the mix mm-hmm. uh, when the dance floor is going, or is this something more that you would play at, towards maybe the beginning or the end of the night, or how does this work? Well, there's definitely you know the point in the beginning of the night where music like this is being played, but we're also interested, and we do play these um, during the peak of the party. Um, it, it's just like, all right, we want to like really blur the lines between like DIY punk crowd all these like things that we grew up with loving and we're discovering now with our love of dance music because at the end of the day it's all dance music for us that's part of the the, one of the really nice things about hugo balls we can do that there there is like this vernacular language we where people are willing to go there with us with this stuff right um so in your manifesto you claim that dance music is political which i agree with but i think um by and large, it seems like most dance music events that are produced and most of the culture is almost specifically not political, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Right. So how do, you, um, how do you feel you define this difference at your own events and how, like, what makes them different, what makes them more political, and how do you bring, um, I guess, what are some of your personal politics and how do you feel you're bringing them to the dance floor and into the party? Well, we're explicit about it, for one. And at the time we penned the manifesto in 2012, that seemed like actually like a, a controversial statement at the time, yeah. which I don't think it is now. I think that politics have almost absorbed. <laughs> Things have changed. Um, uh, but at that time, it felt very necessary and... Um, it just had to be said a lot of the politics for us a lot of it is about like right now at least where we're standing is about like spirituality community and music ideas of ritual magic um these are like kind of the recent topics that we're looking at and thinking about music in this way so i mean we 
we have an anti-commodification stance. I mean, we, these are the things that we want people to take away from the event. Um, but yeah, I mean, we all have, we each have our own personal ideological points of view too, though. I mean, you know, as it says in our manifesto, well, I guess it doesn't say in the manifesto, but... Um, we're penning the new one right now, actually. <laughs> oh, are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're working on it. Because, well, we, we feel that, you know, over the years, Hugo Ball's now reached a growth point. There's been a lot of change. And, you know, like all organic things, there's growth and development. Artists grow and change and develop with the um, information that they take in and, and put back out. And we've been doing this for years now. And so now we're, we've hit a plateau where we're reevaluating things. Well, and the Dadaists wrote manifestos all the time. Because yeah. they were, you know, that's part of the actual practice. And the Surrealists as well. Yeah. Yeah. Right, so this one's getting to be about four years old. Yeah. Okay, well, we need to plug the show for a second here that you guys are playing at tomorrow. Um, for everybody who has the energy for it after Detroit or who missed Detroit, we're bringing some, some of that to you. Uh, the event is tomorrow night, Friday, June 3rd at Good Room with Moritz von Oswald, Derek Plesleko, and Patrick Russell in the Good Room. And then the Bad Room, we have Mike Servito opening and then you guys are going to play from 1 until 5 or the end, whenever we close down that room. Justin Long and Nathan Drew Larson of Hugo Ball. More info on that at thebunkerny.com. And uh, thank you so much for joining us here today. This has been really great. The sets were absolutely stellar and has me even more. I was already very excited about tomorrow, but now I really can't wait. Um, thank you so much, Brian. Yeah, this is a real honor everything. to do this, and we're very, both very excited about tomorrow. And yeah, we've been packing records for, for weeks, like, six <laughs> weeks, buying records, and you know, yeah. And you guys mentioned that it's you brought there. It's different records for the party, right? Yes, that was. Yes, there'll be some 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 crossover yeah. the same, but we did bring some special <laughs> for this and some special for the show. Absolutely. I'm gonna walk up. You played this track on the radio. So, uh, and that speaking of tracks, the track we're gonna end the show with is your new one um do you want to talk about what it is again it's circling yeah. the circling vultures project that just came out on lies yes this is a uh, lies 30.5 circling vultures the track is called the birth of tragedy named after an essay by nietzsche and um yeah it was it was a fun thing to make the music the process we don't really do any it's pretty much a performance when we work in the studio we don't use any um song modes we don't record and go back and do any post editing we just hit play, record, jam, done. So this, it's a very post-punk kind of aesthetic. Okay, so this is Circling Vultures on Lies, and you've been listening to The Bunker New York on RBMA Radio.